Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Tuesday, January 28th, 2020. I am your host, Will Hunter, joined by my esteemed co-host, Matt Sheehan. Matt, what is going on? Not a lot, just being esteemed, you know? That's just what I do around here, I guess. Just being esteemed. Can you define esteemed for me, like, right now? Ooh, ooh, not sure if I could, um... You know what? I know the definition, but I don't think you know it. What, what do you think it is, Will? <laughs> that old trick. That old trick. <laughs> um, I'm tempted to say a fake definition just to see if you go with it. Uh, I will. I will. So, yeah. no, it, you, it, you got Admired. It. It's a synonym for oh. admired. All right. Nice. Cool. He's esteemed. He's well regarded. He Look or at she. Me go. Yes. So, you are my esteemed co-host, which is... Oh, I'm very flattered. Kind of a lie, isn't it? Oh, sure, but yeah, you know, we're not always about the truth on this podcast, so that's fine. Um, speaking of liars, yeah, that's not really a great transition. We're going to talk some Transfer Portal. Okay. It is a terrible well, How about, no, no, it's more like, uh, speaking of like lies and false hope. There you go. I think false hope is, yeah. is your segue there, is the, the best way to go about that. Perfect. Uh, we're going to talk about some Transfer Portal stuff, Michigan State. Um... Matt, there might be a little bit of smoke. Talk to me about it. We're going to talk about it as it pertains to the transfer portal and some quarterbacks, uh, some interesting names Mm. out there, and some, we'll talk about it, Twitter investigation. Uh, And then we're going to talk about this basketball team some more, where they sort of fit into the national conversation, and just kind of how interesting and unique this season is. Uh, and as it relates specifically to the 2014 season, which uh, if you remember, kind of had a chaotic NCAA tournament that uh, resulted in a seven seed winning it all. So against an eight seed. Yeah. Against the eight seed. Yeah. Good point. Um, which, yeah. Be, I think Wichita was that one seed. It doesn't matter. We'll get into it. Um, but I kind of want to connect that season to this season. Cause I think there's a lot of similarities. So, that is the plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt. Will. How are you feeling about the transfer portal stuff? Uh, kind of like a lottery player, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see the, the jackpot pop up at the gas station or the grocery store, wherever you get your lottery needs. You think, <laughs> wow, that, hey, I, I could use that. Like, that, that'd be cool to have. Yeah. And then, uh, who knows, you, you might even get your hopes up, pay two bucks for a ticket. And then uh, the first number pops up, and that's when you realize, like, oh, why was I even thinking that we had a chance of of getting this transfer or getting this jackpot to begin with like that. And then what happens the next week? It all happens again. Another name pops up in the transfer portal. <laughs> we think, Hey, 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 hey that'd be cool. We could use that. And then nothing, of course, will ever happen. So, so yeah, that's yeah. kind of how it's been going in the transfer portal for Michigan state. They did add Jaden Reed last year, but that wasn't even like a big portal chase. If you will, it's, it's almost turned into um, college football's version of free agency. Mm-hmm. It's like re, you know, we reprocess the recruiting uh, journey for these players. And so, why we're talking about this now is, you know, we've been asked. You and I have been asked a lot. And I, I think everyone who 
works around this team has been asked about Michigan State potentially adding a quarterback. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's probably the number one spot that everyone is clamoring for. Yep. Um, There's a couple names like, you know, Derek King comes up in in Michigan State. Fans get excited and you're like, there's not a chance. Correct. Jamie Newman from Wake Forest, like, oh, they just played. Not a chance. He goes to Georgia, like, (laughs) and you go on down the line. But correct. A couple of weeks ago, Chase Bryce, a backup quarterback at Clemson, uh, announced he was going to the transfer portal, and our ears perk up because Chase Bryce was heavily recruited out of high school by Michigan State, and um, you know some recruiting experts had thought that he could even end up at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And then today, yesterday, it was 6.30 p.m. here as we record this on Monday, Peyton Ramsey, Indiana's backup quarterback, who has played starters allotment of minutes over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. he's also entered the transfer portal. He is, which, I, and I feel stupid about this because I, th- I thought this happened five weeks ago. I, I thought mm-hmm. this guy was already in the transfer portal. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was my surprise when I saw that news. Like, oh, this didn't already happen. Huh, okay. Yeah, and then you kind of look at it and you go, well... For the first time with Chase Bryce, I think you and I agreed this one is actually something that makes sense. Right? Finally, a name that's like plausible. Like, yes. okay, finally, we're yeah. in the right ballpark with a transfer quarterback to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. I think Ramsey falls in that same category. Um, yeah, I would say so. He will be coveted for sure. Yeah. Um, but I don't see, you know, like Georgia's already full up. We'll see what happens with Oregon. Like, you know, there's different bigger programs that maybe would look at him, but he's not, you know, he's a good transfer prospect, if you will, but he's not top of the heap uh, in the quarterback group. And, and, you know, it's it's thinning out week by week as guys pick new schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Nick Baumgartner port- pointed this out from The Athletic. I don't know if you saw this. Sure did. A recent follower of Peyton Ramsey's, the MSU Football Recruiting and Player Personnel account. That is the official it's football a very recruiting specific account. account. Very specific account. Yes, a which, very, uh... very specific account. And so we we talked about this with with I forget what it was, or maybe I just did it on Twitter with Derek King. Um, on your Twitter app. When you look at mm-hmm. followers or, or stuff like that, it is organized based on your interest. You're yep. relevant to you. But, but, go on, go on, on. On desktop, it is chronological. Yeah. And so, MSU, accounts affiliated with MSU, recently followed Peyton Ramsey after he entered the transfer portal. And I went back to look with Chase Bryce. Uh, and notice a certain Dave Warner had recently followed him. Um, oh, yeah, old, old MSU coach. There's no way he kept his job after, you know, still few around. struggling offense. Oh, he is still around. Still oh. around. Um, My. Wow. Yeah, followed him around the same time that uh, some Michigan State media folks followed him. So you can kind of look at that and go, okay, this is probably when he announced he would be transferring because Michigan State people were popping in there. So, oh, yeah. It seems like. There is some smoke that Michigan State might actually be pursuing a transfer quarterback, Matt. 
A second player has entered the, there is at least a chance this guy can join Michigan State game. Yeah. Yeah. And there's um, the connection. There's these Twitter there follows. Like, it's a, it's, that could be coincidence, but it could Someone swiped right on, on one another. Yes, yeah. Correct. And we'll see if the other person is going to swipe that way as well. Um, it, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Ramsey? Uh, just in, in general, yeah. I know that's a vague, vague question, but just when, when you saw this smoke or kindling, if you will, uh, initial thoughts, did you have any strong ones? I will, I'll quote myself on Twitter verbatim. Okay. Ramsey would certainly be a competent quarterback replacement if MSU decides to go that route. Perfect. I don't like him as much as some people do, but I'm also an idiot. God, that, okay, you took the words right out of my mouth then, yeah. Because, <laughs> sure, he's fine. You know, senior leader, uh, he can get the job done, but I I feel like we're all, like, misremembering what Peyton Ramsey really was. Uh, he, he wasn't some dynamite player. Like, he, he was serviceable yeah. and experienced. Which, but then again, then again, you take a step back, and you're like, well, uh, hey, you know what? I know a team that could just use a competent, <laughs> experienced quarterback right now. That's my—that's my team I root for. So yeah, I'm—I don't know how long ago this news broke, but ever since then, I've just been conflicted, going back and forth. Like, eh, do it no, we—we could do better than that, you know. Get the young guys some spin. Well, then again, maybe Peyton Ramsey could give us a chance to be a steady hand in this transition year. And I just keep going back and forth. I, I don't—I don't know what to think about him. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's fine. But then again, MSU can use themselves some fine. Some, so. A fine would be an upgrade, uh, a known fine. Burden, it would be. Burden the hands worth two in the bush, Matt. That's a good one, Will. That's right good now, one. they've got no birds in hand, a couple in the nope. bush. Yep. Uh, and Peyton Ramsey would be a bird in the hand. Now he's not going to be – I mean, he's all Big Ten honorable mention, which is like, you know. Mm-hmm for playing half a season because Mike uh, Penix got hurt. Um, you know, yeah. that's, there's, it's not a, it's not, you know, a terrible honor. It's like, okay, he did a nice job, but like Penix is a stud. <laughs> like, Very much so. Yeah. He, he, Peyton Ramsey flat lost his job and that's not great. You're going, if, if Ramsey's your quarterback, you're like, well, we, we have the guy that Indiana uh, said wasn't good enough to play for them. That is bad optics, yeah. It's bad I'm optics. On the, on the surface, but yeah. But Penix is, I think, a stud. I think a star. Mm-hmm. If he can stay healthy, he'll be the best quarterback uh, in the conference before. Like He'll have a year where he's the best quarterback in the conference before it's all said and done. Um, I think that highly of him. But he, he hasn't had the ability to stay healthy. So it's not, you know, it's not like Ramsey's a bad player. He's He's solid. He's competent. I don't know. Like my biggest thing is like I think at times he's too dialed back. He's too conservative, uh, too careful. And if there's an offense that will um, not beat that out of him, I would call. I would consider it to be the Michigan State offense. Like there's not a say, chance that is in hell. Music to Mark Antonio's ears yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> like all I want is a quarterback who who wants to throw it deep, and I, I feel like I won't get that. Uh, with Peyton Ramsey if he ends up at Michigan State. So let, let's say hypothetically this does happen. It, it happens, hey, he, he has the, the cool graphic uh, with the screenshot of the notes app saying that he's coming to East Lansing on Twitter. Your instant reaction, what do you think, it's, what, what, what do you think it would be? 
Okay. Yep. <laughs> Neat. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then and then move on. Yep. Yeah, I would All be right. like, okay, well, the at least there's something there. It would be the epitome of like a five out of ten on the uh, like Richter scale for for transfer excitement. I'd give them a six because. Oh, you know, very nice. Okay, yeah, just a little bit above, straight down the middle, because what is potentially going to be taking snaps from Michigan State is kind of it could be very dire. So getting <laughs> it could be me or you, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. And you know, like I said, I'll I'll Big Ten honorable mention. He's he'll be a, a top half of the league quarterback, which yeah, is yeah. you know at least not a downgrade off Lewerke. It's kind of right in the same line, different players, certainly, but, you know, similar yeah. impact, uh, if you will. All right, we need to pause here. We'll come back. Do you want to... No, you know what? We'll switch to basketball. I want to switch to basketball. Yeah. We've had enough transfer talk, so we'll start talking Perfect. about some hoop stuff here in just a second. One other note, though, on transfers, Matt, before we Go on. do switch. Of course. Um, Nigel Knott. Mm-hmm. is um, a former top 70 recruit who was at Alabama, uh, who has entered the transfer portal. And according to Rainer Sabin, who has been all over transfer stuff, uh, and this is interesting, covers Michigan and Michigan State for the free press. And he's a former Alabama beat writer for AL.com. Oh, so yeah. he uh, knows some... He's plugged. It, yeah, his his Saban is spelled differently than Nick Saban's last name. Um, but he knows a little bit about what's going on at Alabama, and he tweeted out that he heard Michigan State was one of the first schools to reach out to uh, Alabama defensive back Nigel Knott, uh, who entered the transfer por- transfer portal on Monday. So that would be um, a very interesting potential addition. Um, good that they've reached out to him. Just for real quick, and then we'll move on. Nigel Knott, uh, number 66 overall recruit in the 2016 class. That's pretty solid. I would say so. Redshirted because everyone redshirts at Alabama. Um, Played as a backup in 2017 and 2018. And then things got interesting, Matt. Uh, In 2019, he didn't play at all, practice, anything. Alabama said he wasn't medically cleared to play football. Uh, Knott tweeted out last month that he had been cleared. Alabama is currently um, four scholarships over the scholarship limit for next season. Hmm. This is how teams. That, I think I see what you're saying. This yeah. is how teams that oversign get under the scholarship limit um, while preserving a year of eligibility for Nigel Knott should he want it. He wasn't a part of their football future. So. Um, they didn't play him, didn't do anything with him, and then at the end of the year, he moves on, and they make room for their incoming players. They're going to have to do that with like six more people because they have other guys committed that haven't signed uh, letters of intent yet. So that's just how it works at schools that oversign. He is a, a victim of that, of not developing in time to beat out the other four or five-star players that are first, second-round draft pick types that end up playing for Alabama. So... So what I'm also hearing, too, is that when he did play for Alabama, they made the playoffs, and, well, <laughs> this year he missed out. You can see the writing on the wall there. You can see All the right. writing on the wall. Um, yeah, could be uh, a potentially good player. You don't really know. Uh, Mark D'Antonio does pretty well with defensive backs, and so maybe he'd be interested in coming on up here. Who knows, though, but Michigan State has reached out to him. All right, Matt. 
Okay, well. Basketball. Yeah, buddy. We're back. We're back. We're back. It's fun to talk about again because we're back. I was looking at the uh, Ken Palm numbers. Ooh. Are we one or are we two? We are seven. Michigan State is seven. BS. They, they missed the game last night. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so this is really interesting. I like interesting things. Kansas is the number one team in adjusted efficiency margin. Do you know what adjusted efficiency margin is? Let's do the thing we did earlier. Why, why don't you explain it uh, to everyone else that doesn't know? How about uh, <laughs> how about we do that? So it is a number that says, here is your expected margin against an average Division One team over 100 possessions on a neutral floor. Perfect. So most college games are like 70, 65 to 70 possessions. So it's not a full game, but it's a game in a third kind of margin. A lot of overtimes. Yeah, yes. plenty of overtimes in this game. Yeah. A, a game in a third margin over just an average team. So how do you stack up? How does your team stack up on a neutral floor against an average team? And so Michigan State is plus 23.63. So over 100 processions, they would be expected to beat an average D1 team by 23.63. Does that make sense? Neat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kansas is number one this year with a 30.17. And we have Duke at 28.75. And then everyone else is at 26 or lower. So just okay. to compare that to last year. I'll try. Virginia was first at 34.22. Gonzaga was 32.85. Michigan State was 30.81. Duke was 30.62. Texas Tech was 30. Michigan, 28.3. North Carolina, 27.7. You're getting the picture, right? Definitely, yeah. A little uh, top-heavy, if I'm reading this correctly. There were were forward basketball teams in college basketball last year that are better than the best team this year, and that sort of trickles down. There's more... Teams, uh, you know, 20 teams that would be considered really good this year. There was 30 last year, right? So there's just yeah. college basketball is flatter this year. There's, the top is not nearly as strong as it was last year. Uh, the year before that, there were some really elite teams up top the year before that. And just if you go all the way back to 2014, that's what we're okay. looking at. 2014, I'll try my best. 2014 right. is the last season where the number one adjusted efficiency margin team was at 30. So 30.41 compared to Kansas's 30.17 this year. That was Louisville that season. The best oh, team yeah, was Louisville. Right. So 2014 was the last year that you could kind of look at the top group of teams. This is the point of the entire thing. You could look at the top group of teams in 2014 and 2020 this season and look at them, compare them, and go, okay, this is pretty even, right? Yeah. We've got some good teams. Everyone's kind of got a flaw. We're lacking truly elite, high-end teams that are like, yeah, if they don't win the national championship, it'll be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Matt, what happened that year in the NCAA tournament? Uh, well, two, I, I'm a little fuzzy. I know that two highly seeded teams won the whole thing uh, in seven seed UConn over eight seeded Kentucky, which is crazy to say. Um, that's how I remember it ending. Uh, everything, anything before that, fuzzy, just fuzzy. You know, I don't really like to think about it. So, <laughs> yep. you are correct. 
Um, hey, there we go. Yeah. So number uh, or seven seeded UConn beat eight seeded Kentucky, and that was a year where I think everyone felt like, hey, the one seeds not very strong. Wichita State was a one seed that year, yeah. and they were certainly good. But nobody was like, man, Wichita State is going to run through this. Virginia was another team, the team that Michigan State beat in the Sweet 16. We knew Virginia was good, but they weren't like, oh, man, how are we going to beat Virginia? Whereas last year's Virginia team, you're like, it's going to be a chore to beat Virginia. And nobody did, right? Yeah, right. So I think if you look at this and just kind of look at these teams uh, in 2020 that are at the top of the group here, there's a lot of similarities. San Diego State might as well just be Wichita State, like all over again. Sure, yeah, um, totally. You could end up with a tournament where it's really up for grabs. Yeah, and that excites me as much as it scares me as, as well. Mm-hmm. So, And just for the information, uh, UConn, the team that won it all last year, Finished the season as the number 15 team in adjusted efficiency margin uh, and entered the NCAA tournament as the number 25 team in that in that rank. Like they mm-hmm. like that is usually it's it's always a top 10 team, usually a top five team that wins the NCAA tournament. UConn yeah. was 25 going into that tournament. And let me grab Kentucky, who ended the season at 13. They were 17th. So two kind of outsideish looking teams were able to move through the tournament because the grouping was so flat. There was no elite team. You know, Kentucky played a really good but flawed and vulnerable Wichita State team. It's not a shock that they beat them. So I think, you know, I think we're really looking at a tournament like that. And that should, like you said, make you feel excited because you got a lot of good things when it comes to March, like you want senior guard play, you want sure. an experienced coach, you want, you know, Michigan State, uh, uh, you could take them with anybody in the country to win this NCAA tournament as it sits right now. And I don't think anyone's really going to separate themselves because everybody's losing games to teams that they probably shouldn't lose to. Just Baylor really is the only one that's out there. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, sorry to our South Dakota, uh, South Dakota, San Diego State listeners. Um, uh, I'm not totally buying into them just yet, but yeah, it's it's Baylor and everyone else. Yeah, like, just trying to duke it out to see who's going to get the remaining uh, two seed, one seed slots. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, no, I'm terrified for March. It's it's going to be awful. <laughs> it's going to just be the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah, so yeah, can't wait. And and Baylor's got two awesome wins uh, at Kansas, and at, I mean at Texas Tech is a little bit slipping because they're they're solid but like you know beyond that the big 12 has like three good teams so there's a chance that baylor cruises through loses only one or two or three games all year and are still like yeah they're kind of untested and we're not sure how great they are because the big 12 had three good teams this year you know yeah no that's true that's a good point so and i actually want to here we'll pause for a sec we'll come back uh and i want to compare i'm going to do something that is going to get you excited about this team potentially in the NCAA. All right. All right. Okay, Matt. Okay. (laughs) So I want you to tell me what team I'm describing here. Okay. 
I'll try my best. Yep. All right. So it is a, a, a basketball team that is the Pacers. Buoyed, I would say I w- <laughs> You're the worst. Uh, it is a basketball yeah, team that is is led by a number of long, sort of rangy, switchable wings slash bigs. Okay. You know, that can move and defend in space. Uh, and that's really the driving force behind their team. And they, they, they went on a nice run here that was led by just a bunch of big athletic dudes with solid sides that could move and play awesome defense. And on top of that, they were led by a senior point guard who just was a really good player, took a ton of shots for them, controlled everything, and regularly came up clutch just in big moments. And they had a coach that is, you know, really well-respected, well-thought-of, competent, especially could make a team play really good defense, a really good defensive mind. What team am I describing? Well, it's got to be a Rick Barnes coach team. Um, that's that's all I know. Uh, are you describing this year's MSU team? <laughs> Please? I know it's too easy. I have an answer. I am describing the 2014 UConn National Championship team. I do not like that team. But yeah, no, I mean, that, that checks out. I, I hope that Izzo stays around a little longer than Ollie did yes. after that one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and if he doesn't, uh, I hope he doesn't flame out. And uh, I hope it didn't <laughs> end because he was continuously missing the tournament uh, in the years following. But yeah, I mean, God, that's, man. What was, what was the guard's name? Shabazz Napier? Shabazz Napier. So that team. Great player. Yeah. Yeah. That team, if you like just looking at their numbers. So Shabazz Napier had, you know, was their guy. Their, you know, Kemba Walker did it for them a few years before that. Shabazz Napier, uh, number two in the Ken Palm Player of the Year numbers, like ton of shots, shot it efficiently, ton of like really good free throw, really good assist rate, like really played all the time. Like the the parallels between him and Cassius Winston, smaller, undersized, crafty, could shoot it. Um, are, there's a lot of parallels between those two guys. And then it's just a bunch of guys who are really long and athletic uh, and defended well. And like that Michigan State team uh, that they beat, you know, Michigan State scored 54 points in that game. Their next game, Florida scored 53 points in 57 possessions. Championship game, Kentucky scored 54 points against them. Uh, Villanova, which had an awesome offense, only scored 65 uh, on them. So... They were playing awesome defense, and it just like carried them through that tournament. And they they finished the year as a top ten defense, um, when I don't think they were because they you know they ended up as a seven seed for a reason. They lost a bunch of games, um, mm-hmm. but they really locked in, and it was it was basically let's play awesome defense, and Shabazz is gonna get it done, gonna drag our butts over the finish line on the offensive end. Yeah, shoot. If only we were to for a team that was, uh, you know, starting to play good defense now at this part of the season and only improving. Huh. Which, Wouldn't that be a shame, Will? Which brings me to my next point. Oh! Um, you may not have noticed, hmm. Michigan State is kind of rounding into form on the defensive end. I love it. It's great. Just even despite the loss against Indiana, held them below point of possession, 
crush Wisconsin, stymied Minnesota. They're going to Northwestern. Ooh, stymied. Nice. Stymied. Illinois scored 56 on them early in the year. Michigan was below a point per possession. Minnesota, the first game, 58 points, 66 possessions. Uh, this team's kind of playing some great defense lately, Matt. I know, I know, and like this isn't a thing like where you just go on like cold spells either. It's not, it's not like a three point shooting stretch mm-hmm. where it's really good. Like, it hey, travels. good defense is good defense, man. It I travels. Mean, y- y- correct. Yeah, you, you you're not hoping for like a little bounce here or there. Like, no, if you're locked down, your guy, you're locked down, your guy. Sure, can teams you know defend around that or or drop offense around that? Yeah, they can. But you know what, your Hall of Fame head coach can also make adjustments to get back to where you are. So. They are. It's exciting, Will. It's exciting, Will. Yeah, they are very on the defensive end. Very athletic. They. Yeah, it's great. Down to the freshman too, which is very impressive. Yeah, when you have Tillman, Hall, Henry, Brown on the floor at the same time. Yeah. You're gonna absolutely put up walls on opposing teams. Like, I think offensively, they're they're still really good. Their numbers are. They're still the number ten offense. I know there's been some slogs, some struggles lately with that. I think mm-hmm. they'll figure it out to the point that they'll be fine. You'll feel comfortable with them, and they'll be a, still a really good offense. Yeah, I think their ceiling on defense is like massive. Like they could be uh, yeah. one of the three, four, five best defensive teams in the country. Um, just with with what they have in in athleticism and switchability and all the different stuff they can do in Christ like if you like if they were up 10 with like 2 minutes left i wouldn't even be like crazy upset if they're like Cassius you're out rocket you're in all defense lineup like we're just locking this thing up because rocket on the perimeter can do a bunch of good stuff against smaller guards He's insane. Like, I, I don't know if any listener has done this yet, but, like, just take a possession where Rocket Watts is out there on the court and just watch him defend his guy. He doesn't even have to have the ball. Just even his off-ball defense is bananas. Like, there's so many times this year where there's been a stud on the other team and he the stud just can't get the ball because, oh, who's on him? Oh, it's number two. Oh, my goodness. He is right on his shoe tops. So, yeah, I mean, it's been... he's a big reason why the the defense is as good as the way it is. So, Mm -hmm. and it's gone from, you know, they were ranked like 28th, 30th, 32nd, somewhere in there in defense, like still very good, but not as good as they should be. Uh, Just a couple of weeks ago, you know, three, four weeks ago. And since they've hit this stretch through the big 10, you know, the last five, six, seven games, they've jumped up to 19th. And I think they have the potential to keep, moving forward in that direction it's it's certainly trending in the right direction on that side of the ball and in a, in a wide open year where things can get nutty like if you're going into the tournament with one of the best defenses in the country and one of the best senior point guards in the country one of the best leaders you know experience all the stuff that Cash Winston brings to the table on the offensive side and he's kind of dragging your team through like it got a pretty damn good shot. That's a recipe we've seen work time and time again in March. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited now. Look, look what you've done. Look what I've done. So are you placing you your bet yet? <laughs> I don't know what the odds are. You could probably get pretty good odds on Michigan State winning it all right now. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. 
No comment. I'm no just comment saying. On that. <laughs> I know it's been panic in the streets, um, but if you look around the landscape, there's been a lot of that around the country. Nobody outside of like Baylor, like you said, is like, yeah, everything is hunky dory. <laughs> like everyone's losing. Hunky dory. Everyone's <laughs> dropping games, and with the advanced numbers. Nobody is pulling away and truly standing out. Like Kansas, even Kansas Baylor. Kansas is four and a half points better than Baylor uh, in terms of their adjusted offense and defense. That was not the case in Lawrence that was uh, not, when they played. No, but, cer- okay, certainly <laughs> wasn't. But over the entire season, the nineteen game sample size, Kansas has been better. Um, so even that, even the team you look at, Baylor number one, like well, they're they're certainly really good. No one's going to say yeah. Baylor's not a really awesome team. Yeah. Um, but they're not like elite, like, oh, God, no one can beat Baylor. Like, hell, yeah, people can beat Baylor. Washington beat Baylor. <laughs> yeah. So it's right. uh, it's it could be a really fun year, Matt. It's looking like a, a wild march could be on the horizon. All right. Well, I guess I won't stop watching them. Fantastic. Stay tuned. All right. All right. That's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Spartans. Matt. We will be back tomorrow to preview just what should be a, a slaughtering, frankly. I I hope so. I hope so. They should so. put a TVMA up in the corner <laughs> when Big Ten Network opens up with their theme music for this game. I think yeah, it's on Big Ten like Network. This is a Big Ten Network game, right? Oh, this uh, 6.30 on a Wednesday against <laughs> Northwestern is the definition of a Big Ten Network game. I'll be shocked if it's not on BTN. Um, oh, it doesn't say here. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, it is on BTN. There we go. Um, so yeah, we will be back tomorrow to preview that game. Um, yeah, go at it from different angles. Talk about what we want to see matchups to uh, give you some information on how Northwestern has been doing so far this season. It's not been great. Not too good. Yep. Yeah, they're not good. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, be back tomorrow to preview that Matt. Yeah. I almost asked you to end the show, but you gotta, I gotta remind the people to rate review and subscribe to the podcast. Ooh, nice save. And you can find locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, take us home. Go green, everyone. I don't have anything uh, creative planned right now. So go green. Fantastic.